Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's Dr. Lee Warren here with you, and it is Self-Brain Surgery Saturday. Today, we're going to talk about quantum physics. <laughs> that sounds kind of nerdy. It is going to be nerdy, but I want to give you one little thought process. As we get close to November, we are going to do what we did last November, New Thing November. We're going to talk about, as we get towards the end of the year, we're going to take a hard look at the things that we've been doing, because remember one of our tenets of self-brain surgery is that the thing that you're doing, you're getting better at. And so if there's some things that have been happening in your life that aren't good for you or that you're not satisfied with, or if you keep feeling like I need to make this particular change and it's just not happening, then I'll just remind you of one of the truths that what got you here won't get you there if there is the new place that you want to be that's different from where you've been, right? What got you here won't get you there. So if you are frustrated with some aspect of your life, and this could be, I want to get in better shape, I want to stop drinking alcohol, I want to stop doing this, I want to start doing that, I want to repair this relationship, I want to break through this wall in my marriage, whatever it is. Or if it's something because of a massive thing that's happened to you, and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm really at a place where I'm, I'm recognizing that being stuck in this grief pattern or being stuck with the trauma response that I have to what what happened to me in the past isn't serving me well, okay? If you're you're tired of everything being so hard, you're tired of being so tired, and you just say, God, I'm ready for a new thing in my life, then we're going to have to make some decisions, right? So if it's new thing November that's coming, I'm just going to introduce the idea today, then we're going to have to recognize that there are some old things that we're going to have to get rid of. And not all of those old things are bad, okay? It's not bad to be mournful about the massive things that you've been through. It's not bad to be a little out of shape or a little bit stuck in some kind of issue. Not necessarily sinful. But if you recognize, if it's time for your heart is saying, hey, I've got to break through. It's time for me to move. God is calling me. It's time my family needs me to step up. It's time for a new thing. And if that's you, if you're feeling that call, the new thing November is going to be for you. We're going to do that. We're going to apply neuroscience and faith in a way to help us break through whatever it is that's been holding us back. And there's going to be several key scriptures and several ideas from science that are going to work together to get that done for us. We're going to have some incredible guests coming up in November, too. Today, we're going to talk about one idea from quantum physics that I think will be helpful in this context of how do we overcome the idea that our life can become about one particular thing. We talked a lot in my new book, Hope is the First Dose, about how grief can become an idol, about how certain things in our lives can become bigger and more powerful than God. And I want to give you a concept from quantum physics that will help you to understand that a little bit more clearly, and and it's something to do about it that's also from quantum physics, okay? How we can hold two realities in tension between each other. And that's what we're going to talk about today on Self-Brain Surgery Saturday. In just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you about yesterday. I want some cool things that happened yesterday. And we're going to do all that in about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. And then I hope you have a great Saturday. I hope you take a Sabbath, get some rest this weekend, worship with your people tomorrow. I hope it turns out to be a great weekend for you. But before we get into November, I want to give you some context and some some precepts and some ideas. And we're going to start with quantum physics, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. And before we do any of that, I have one question for you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. 
you have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. All right, you ready to get after it? Self-Brain Surgery Saturday. Here we go. I want you to think just for a minute with me about quantum physics. What in the world, Dr. Warren, are you? Why are you always talking about quantum physics? Well, let me tell you why. Years ago, we thought that science was neatly divided into all these different disciplines. There's chemistry, there's physics for the real nerds, there's mathematics, there's biology. And guess what we're learning? As we go deeper and deeper into understanding anatomy and physiology and biochemistry, guess what we're learning? Everything collapses into physics. It's fascinating. What I mean by that, the more we learn about how cells work, for example, the more we recognize that cells are electrical organs, and the more we learn about the electricity and the electromagnetism of cells, we learn that they have an incredible ability to communicate with one another. How do they do that? Through signals. What are those signals made of? Electrical phenomena. Those microtubules that we talked about a few weeks ago on Microtubule Monday... We did a whole episode about the, the way that synapses happen in your brain, in your, brain the, in your nervous system. These, these little structures called microtubules, guess what? They turn out to be like little antennas that send signals back and forth to each other. Through the physics of your brain, they send chemical and electrical signals to each other, and that's how they find each other to make synapses. So they're like little antennas in your brain. And that all comes down to electrical engineering, which is based upon physics. So everything in your body turns out really at the base of it to be physics. And that shouldn't surprise us because right there in the first page of the Bible, God says, what's one of the first things we hear? Fiat loose, let there be light, right? God is a, a, a chemical engineer. He's a photosynthetic engineer, he's an electrical engineer, he's a mechanical engineer, he's an interior designer, he's a great physician, he's a neurosurgeon, he is whatever you are, he's the creator of that concept, okay? So God started the universe with physics. So physics then really backs up to ultimately become the origin story of our universe, of our brains, of everything. And the evolutionary biologists and all those people got it wrong when they explain how one species might become another given enough time. And you've learned all about in school how survival of the fittest and Darwin's theory of evolution and all those things. And that's all fine and dandy. But let's say even if you can develop a model that might explain how over thousands of years one species might make subtle evolutionary changes based on advantages and survival and all of that to turn into a different species. But let me ask you a question. Does survival explain arrival? Of course it doesn't. If you back far enough up in astrophysics, in quantum mechanics, in biology, if you back far enough up, ultimately the question becomes, 
Where did the starting materials come from? Where did the beginning impetus, the input of energy come from? Where did all that come from? And all at the beginning of it, there has to have been something that set all that in motion, that provided the materials and provided the laws that govern the reactions. And ultimately, there had to have been a physicist at the back of all that. And I would submit to you that it wasn't Stephen Hawking. There was a great designer back there at the beginning that set all this in motion. So let's just presuppose that. And if you're not a believer, it's okay. I would encourage you to go read some of the modern work that's happening in string theory and see if it doesn't say sort of that it's blowing up every other aspect of science and all these assumptions that people made that eventually we would figure out how nothing could create something. Well, guess what they're doing now? They're starting to say, gosh, this really does look designed. We're going to have Michael Gillen on the show, Ph.D. astrophysicist from Cornell. He's also a Christian who converted himself with science while he was training with Carl Sagan at Cornell. And Michael's going to show us a lot about that. Okay, Now, that's an aside. I want to talk about quantum physics just, just for this little idea. So quantum physics is the study of the very small, what happens at the subatomic level inside your cells, inside your electrons, inside your atoms. And we used to think it was just electrons, neutrons, and protons. That's what you were probably taught in school. Now we know there's a whole host of subatomic particles. There's dozens of them that they've already identified. Baryons, pentaquarks, mesons, axions, leptons, muons, neutrinos, bosons, all these little particles that make up neutrons, electrons, and protons. And I've always said that one of the reasons that science points me to faith instead of away from faith is that when I look further and further into the nervous system, every time we get a new technology that allows me to zoom farther up, I've got a better microscope, I've got some kind of fluorescence, some sort of technology that allows me to look at some phenomenon on a deeper level, guess what we find? It's more complex than we thought. We think we're going to be able to break down and look inside a cell and say, oh, now I understand how that could have happened. No, we actually, when we look deeper, we find more questions, more organization, and more structure, and more design. And we say, holy cow, this is way more complex than I thought it was. There's no way this happened by accident. So same thing happened in physics. That They thought, okay, we got it figured out. We understand how atoms work. There's, there's protons, electrons, and neutrons. Well, guess what? There's millions, at least dozens of, pro, of particles beyond that that are smaller that provide the structural building blocks of electrons, protons, and neutrons. Why am I telling you this on Cell Brain Surgery Saturday? Why do you care? We'll get there in a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you about yesterday. I had unbelievable conversations yesterday with... Tish Harrison Warren, who's one of my favorite writers, we talked about lament, we talked about Advent, we talked about what to do when life gets really hard. That episode's going to, I'm going to hold it till just before the start of Advent. We're going to have two episodes about Advent shortly together, right, right before we get to the, get there on the calendar. It's going to be incredible. So we have that. Had an incredible conversation with Greg Pruitt, who for years has been the president of an organization called Pioneer Bible Translators. These people go out, they, they serve in the mission field, they get to know a culture that doesn't have a written language. They, they serve those people, work among them, build houses for them. Our son Josh spent a year in Guinea, West Africa with Greg back in 2004, before I knew him, before I knew Josh, even in our blended family that would come to pass later, Josh served a year after high school in Guinea, West Africa with Pioneer Bible Translators with Greg Pruitt working side by side building huts and providing medical care and teaching people hygiene and, and first aid and all kinds of things, hunting for them. 
And what they do is they, they learn a language and then they work to develop a written language for those people. Then they teach them how to read and write. And then they translate the Bible into that language. And so ultimately they're equipping people to have a written Bible in their own tongue, which is incredible. And this has happened now for hundreds of languages. And so Greg's on the show. He talks. He has a recent book called Extraordinary Hearing, and it's about how to hear God. And we're going to have three episodes coming up about how to hear God. One's going to be with Pete Grieg, who wrote the other best book I've ever read about that topic. And then we're going to have Greg, and we're going to do a kind of a two-for idea, or three, a three-for idea about how to hear God. One from me and two interviews, Pete Grieg and Greg Pruitt. We're going to bring those to you soon, too. As we get into New Thing November, one of the things that needs to be new is a, a refined sense of how to hear what God wants for you in your life. Okay, so we're going to do that. Had two great conversations. And then to top it off, had an hour-long live radio conversation with my friend Susie Larson on her show. And I'll bring you that link once it's available. We just had the best talk. And Susie's completely sold out on the idea of neuroscience meeting with faith, sharing that content with her radio audience around the world. Just such an honor to be friends with her, to learn so much from her. And if you haven't yet read Closer Than Your Next Breath, Susie Larson's new book, you got to read it. Okay, read it before you read Hope is the First Dose, or read it alongside Hope is the First Dose. Just an incredible work of theology and scholarship and Christian living from our friend Susie, and I can't recommend it highly enough. And uh, just had a wonderful conversation with her. So I'll give you the links when they're available. So yesterday was just this great day, and just had all these great conversations. I spent the whole day thinking about you, and I heard from tons of people yesterday. We got lots and lots of emails yesterday. Some of them, as usual, devastating and difficult. The people are going through hard things, okay? Got email from a guy who um, got a phone call from his dad that his mother had committed suicide. And Frank, we're praying for you. I, I, I know that's a difficult thing. And, and you, you've been going through this, this hard thing, this massive thing of losing your mom. It's impossible. Yeah, how how can you move on, right? Another email from a gentleman who he and his wife recently lost a daughter, and he says it just it just about killed me. He says, um, "My wife April and I lost our daughter in 2020. I was devastated. I asked God to just please take my life. The pain was too much, but then He worked a miracle in my life, and now I want to help other people who are going through the worst pain of their lives." He's reading. Hope is the first dose. We're, we're praying for you, Cody. We got these kinds of emails yesterday, these people who are going through massive things, massive, unbearable things. And friend, if that's you, if you've been going through something like that, I want to tell you a little story from quantum physics about a danger that you're in, a real danger, and an opportunity, a possibility, okay? And quantum physics describes how if we're looking in the subatomic level, if we're looking down small enough at how particles behave, and why do we care about particles? Well, because they make up everything in the universe, okay? So all of the things about you, this coffee cup I'm holding, made of particles, my hand holding the coffee cup, made of particles, those particles are interacting with one another in a way that allows me to hold this cup and have a cup of coffee, which I'm doing with you in real time. So we care about particles because particles make everything else up, okay? Here's what's interesting. When you look at how particles behave, they don't behave in predictable ways. There's all these experiments about light. 
This, by the way, is the work that Einstein did when Einstein came up with general and special relativity and, and all that work in the early 20th, early 20th century that led to nuclear bombs and microwave ovens and computers and microphones and all the things that we're using now, handheld radios, and all of that, really the underpinnings of it is the math and science behind quantum physics, or that explains the, the things that we can observe using quantum physics about how the universe works. All that stuff that you use every day in your life came from quantum physics, including the cell phone that you're probably using to listen to this podcast. Okay, So it is relevant to you, even if you don't care about science. But here's something interesting. When you try to observe, let's say light is the easiest one to understand. If you design an experiment to look at what light, how, how is light made up? What makes light light? And Einstein and other scientists realized that light kind of behaves like a wave, like like it sort of acts like a wave. But other experiments seem to show that it kind of acted like a particle. Like so, is light a a discrete particle that that shoots out across space and acts like a particle? Like you could measure it and see where it is in time, or is it like a wave? Like like it like it behaves like like sound waves do. Is it a particle or a wave? Well, it turns out it's almost an infinitely complex thing because what they figured out is that if you design an experiment to prove whether light is a wave or not, 100% of those experiments will in fact prove that light behaves like a wave. If you look at light with the intention of proving that it behaves as a wave, it does. But if you design an experiment to look at light as if it's a particle, to prove that light is a particle... 100% of those experiments will, in fact, confirm that light is a particle. And this is a conundrum, right? It doesn't make sense. How can light be a particle and a wave at the same time? Well, they did these incredible experiments where they shot light at a slit um, up against a wall, and they found light does, in fact, behave at the very same time like like it's a particle and like it's a wave. They did this experiment with electrons, and they found that an electron, a particular electron that you shoot at a target, will in fact have properties that look like wave and properties that look like particle. And then if you actually pay attention to what a particular electron does, it can be in more than one place at one time. How is that possible? It's possible because of quantum physics. Quantum physics describes a world in which things don't behave like you're used to them behaving in the big observable world, okay? Why do you care about that? Well, let me tell you. There's a there's a thing in quantum physics that they have discovered that's called possibility waves. Okay? When you think about a particular thing, an electron, a, a wave of light, an event that may or may not happen, when you think about it, there are infinite possibilities of what could happen. Okay? The famous one is a guy named Schrodinger who described a box in which there's a cat and a vial of poison. And until you open the box... It's possible that the cat is dead because it drank the poison, or it's possible that the cat is alive because it did not. And until you open the box, both of those things are equally probable. But once you open the box, you see there is either a live cat or a dead cat. And now the probabilities have collapsed into one reality. Okay, But in the quantum physics world, the act of observation is what makes the thing happen. It's the observer that turns out to be influencing the event happening. That doesn't sound seem to make sense because you would say, well, if a tree falls in the forest, it makes a sound whether or not somebody's there to hear it, right? That old conundrum. But in the quantum world, phenomena and space and time are affected by the observer. 
all possibilities exist in the quantum field, but it's the act of observation that collapses them into probability. There's a quote in this book, Genie in Your Genes by Dawson Church from a quantum physicist named Amit Goswami. And he says this, In the realm of possibility, the electron is not separate from us, from consciousness. It is a possibility of consciousness itself, a material possibility. When consciousness collapses the possibility wave by choosing one of the electron's possible facets, that facet becomes actuality. So again, remember, if you design an experiment to look at light as if it's a particle, it behaves like a particle. If you look at light and design an experiment to prove that it's a wave, it does. So it's affected by your observation. The reality of how it's behaving is affected by your observation. Now, let's not get too deep into that because, frankly, I don't understand it well enough to explain it to you. Now, here's where we're going to go with this. When you've had a massive thing happen in your life, when you've been through something really hard, guess what happens? You begin to observe your life through the lens of that event. And I'm going to bring this down to a fine point here because I, I, I don't want to go too deep into it yet. We're going to. Michael Gillen's going to help us get there. But if you look at my life before this was happy, and now this has happened and I'm not happy anymore. My life before I got that phone call about Mitch was happy and the future looked bright and all of that. And now Mitch is gone. My son has been stabbed and I'm now a bereaved father and that's all I'm ever going to be. And I'm unhappy and I'm sad and my life is broken by this thing. If, if that's how I observe my life, I want you to remember one of the tenets of self-brain surgery that we talked about. What you're doing, you're getting better at. When you focus on and think about something... You make synapses that define how your brain is going to think about that thing. And the chemical response, the neurotransmitter response, the hormonal response, the cellular response, the cell, the, the genetic expression response, and your whole life begins to be affected by the reality of the thought process that you have around that thing. You make synapses that further automate that so you don't have to think about it as hard to trigger that set of responses again the next time. And over time, you create, as one of our listeners, Dana, says, a superhighway, a, a rut in a trail that your wheel gets into and you can't get out and you become an expert and an automator of the process of that thing being your reality. And we talked in my book, My Hope is the First Dose book, about Tina Tisdale, who her massive thing was a pain syndrome that she had, that she believed there was still a tumor in her head, even though there wasn't. And that became reality for her to the point that she ultimately took her own life because she couldn't accept the idea that she could have pain and not have brain tumor. She thought if she had pain, there has to be a tumor. And when she just, nobody could show her or convince her that there wasn't a tumor and she couldn't live with that and she killed herself. Why? Because that thing, that massive thing of the residual pain that she had became so big in her eyes. It was bigger than God. It was bigger than any ability to heal or the rest of her life and her loving husband and all the other things that she had going for her. If she had the pain syndrome, she couldn't have anything else. And that became her reality. And every other possibility of her life collapsed into the reality that she was defined by this residual pain syndrome. Okay. When you focus on a particular observation about your life. From the quantum world, we've learned that every other possibility collapses and the reality of the one thing that you've observed becomes what's real. 
And if you think your life is defined by this massive thing, friend, it will become defined by this massive thing. It will. Every other possibility for your life will collapse into that one reality. Now let me give you some counterpoints to that. God says, this world is going to be hard. Jesus, I'm looking at Jesus right now, the Prince of Peace picture to my right on the wall, and I'm looking right in his eyes, and he says, hey, in this world you will have trouble. John 16, and the back half of that verse is, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? So you're going to have trouble, but it's overcomable, all right? But if you observe the trouble part, and you focus on the trouble part, you will create synapses. What you're doing, you're getting better at. It's becoming easier and easier and easier to fix your eyes on the trouble. And before long, you can say, my world is trouble. Susie Larson and I yesterday talked about these kids that are wearing T-shirts that label themselves, and it says anxious, depressed, abandoned, rejected. They're, They're putting labels on their chest, and they're wearing this identity that something has happened in their life, and that's how they're defined. And I want you just to pay attention now. People are always saying, I'm ADHD. I'm obsessive compulsive. I'm OCD. I'm neuroatypical. I'm divorced. I'm cheated on. I'm abandoned. I'm bereaved. I'm addicted, whatever it is. Think about that for a minute. If you are accepting a label, whether someone else has given it to you or whether an experience or an event has given it to you or whether you've just given it to yourself, an offhand comment by your dad when you were eight put a label on you that says dummy. If you've accepted that, you're getting better at believing it and you are observing that reality. And if you're not careful, you're entire universe, all the other possibilities that you could become or embody in your life will collapse into that one reality. Quantum physics shows us that. If you observe something carefully enough, every other possibility collapses and the one reality becomes the reality. We talked in my book about how a thing can become the thing that you can see. And this is the math and science behind it, friend. So here on Cell Brain Surgery Saturday, I want to give you a different idea. I want you to understand that your massive thing can be both a massive thing and a thing in your life. Just like light, in fact, turns out to be a particle and a wave. The secret is to not just observe it as if you're looking for it to be a particle and not just test it as if you're trying to prove that it's a wave, but accept the fact that it's both. Jesus not only said that in this world you will have trouble, he also said, take heart, I've overcome the world. He didn't only say in John 10.10 that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy because your life could collapse into that. I've been stolen from. I've been killed. I've been destroyed. I've been cheated on. I've been hurt. I've been cancered. I've been bankrupted. I've been pandemic I've been fired. I've been abandoned. I've been overlooked. Your your world could collapse, and that could become the only reality that you can see. But guess what? It's almost new thing November. And it's time to, as Hebrews 12 says, cast off. Cast off some of those things that have been hindering you. And if this idea that your world is defined by something that's happened or some label that's been put on you, then it's time to cast that off. 
Okay? It's time to cast it off, my friend. That's Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay, you get this? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And fixing your eyes on Jesus then is like understanding that light can be two things at once. You can have this wounded Savior who's risen from the dead, but he still has his scars. And he's saying, yeah, I've got some wounds, and my wounds actually turn out to be the way that you can really know who I am. Or you can say, nope, I can't believe in a, a crucified Savior. Like That's not a good story for me. It's Life is too hard. Even the good guy gets killed. It's just too much. My, my life has been now defined by this massive thing. If you fix your eyes on the wrong thing, friend, it will become the thing that you can see. It will become the only reality that your universe can accept, and you will become really, really good at living around that story and protecting that story and letting yourself be identified by that story and and building systems in your life of having other people serve that story. I see this all the time, sadly, in my career, of people with chronic pain whose entire family sociodynamic has become revolving around mom's pain. And I see people like carrying pillows for their wife to put their arm on because their arm hurts and and they're just bowing down to mom's pain syndrome. And I see people, dad, you know, has been through this thing and their whole life revolves around not setting dad off and not triggering dad. Dad's had a hard day at work and let's don't get dad angry. He's going to be abusive. He's going to drink. Let's don't set dad off. I see that. And it's sad. I see it in parents with people with kids with chronic illnesses whose entire marriage and life is defined by this child and their problem, which it has to be practically in some ways, right? But my point is this. If you can learn to look at Jesus and accept the fact that he has two observable realities, he's crucified and he's living, he's a man of many sorrows, but he's also growing in wisdom and favor and stature with God and man at the same time. He's, he's sacrificed. He's living. He's the lamb and he's the lion. If you can put yourself in that quantum reality frame where more than one thing can be true at the same time, that's how you can stop getting really good at letting the massive thing be the only reality that your life and your universe can be defined by. That's a little self-brain surgery, quantum physics operation for you today. We do things called radio surgery, where if you've got a particular type of brain tumor, I can, instead of doing open surgery on you, I can use quantum physics to shoot some radiation beams and some gamma radiation particles into your head and treat that tumor without burning up the rest of your brain. Okay, That technology allows me to help you without having to hurt you as much with surgery. And that came about because of quantum physics. Quantum physics can allow us to heat up our food, to make a cell phone call, to cure a tumor, or to learn to embrace the fact that life can be really, really hard, but it's also really, really beautiful. And it can help us change our minds. And it can help us change our lives. And here on Self Brain Surgery Saturday, my friend, you can really become healthier and feel better and be happier again because it's almost New Thing November. And in New Thing November, we're going to embrace Isaiah 43 where he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flame won't consume you. You can go through massive things, my friend, 
But he says, fear not, I am with you. I love you, and I'm with you, and I won't stop. Okay? Isaiah 43, 16 says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. He has a plan for you. And we're going to focus on Isaiah 43, 19 in November. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If it feels impossible for you to move past this massive thing that's holding you back, it's just so important for you today. For me, for me to, hear, to let you hear me say, friend, it's not impossible. God is a God who does impossible things all the time. And the one you can do today is take your eye off the massive thing and put it on him and say, if I learn to look at him, he's going to teach me that two things can be true at the same time. I can be a bereaved father and I will be. I'll be sad about losing Mitch for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I can have a life that is abundant and even happy again because of hope. Hope turns out to be the first dose that will allow you to embrace these ideas And if it's too complex and too hard for you to understand, just trust me. I'm going to teach you, whatever you are, school teacher, plumber, bus driver, retired grandmother, paralytic, I'm going to teach you how quantum physics and neuroscience can smash into your faith. And you can understand how this incredible engineer and physicist who created you has a good plan for your life wherever it is. And that plan doesn't usually involve removing your pain or healing your physical disease right now. It doesn't always involve that. It involves him entering into your story and saying, hey, I'm not going to remove this pain right now. I've got a long-term plan, a long arc that's going to do that, and I'm going to wipe those tears away. But right now, I'm going to come walk beside you, and I'm going to carry that load for you. And I'm going to help you because two things can be true at once. We can be on a road that's marked with suffering, and we can still say, blessed be your name. And the good news, my friend, is you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold. And I narrated the audio book if you're not already tired of hearing my voice. Hey, The theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter Self Brain Surgery every Sunday since 2014 helping people in all 50 states and 60 plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'll talk to you soon. Remember friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind and the good news is you can start today.